0: Welcome to You News, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, October 4th, I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. President Trump announcing overnight that he has tested positive for the coronavirus, that confirmation now plunging the White House and the election into further chaos. And that diagnosis not just impacting the first family, the entire nation facing a potential crisis of government as financial markets react negatively to the news. And as the virus surges in several states, two major drug makers confirming they will not have a vaccine ready by election day as the president has repeatedly claimed. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We all woke up to news that rocked the country. President Trump and First Lady Melania testing positive for the coronavirus. This happening as early voting is already taking place. And after another busy week in the president's agenda, Trump participating in the first presidential debate on Tuesday, holding large rallies and also meeting with numerous amounts of people, potentially infecting them as well. Dr. Atlas, a senior advisor on the coronavirus task force, saying he expects the president to have a rapid recovery. Overnight, a worst case scenario for the White House. A little before 1 a.m., President Trump tweeted Tonight, the first lady and I tested positive for COVID 19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. The president's physician, Dr. Sean Conley, released this statement saying both were quote well at this time, adding they plan to remain at home within the White House during their convalescence and rest assured, I expect the president to continue carrying out his duties without disruption while recovering. The first lady also taking to Twitter writing, we are feeling good. The president's announcement came hours after news broke that Hope Hicks, one of his closest aides, had also tested positive for COVID-19. She's reportedly experiencing symptoms. Hicks traveled with the president to the debate in Cleveland, and the next day, she was seen boarding Marine One without a mask for the president's trip to Minnesota. Many staffers to high-ranking Washington officials are potentially at risk of developing the virus. So far, Vice President Mike Pence and his wife, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin have all tested negative. The president's positive test also comes after months of downplaying COVID-19. He's frequently criticized his own scientists for recommendations on masks and just three days ago attacked opponent Joe Biden for
1: regularly wearing one. I don't, have to, I don't wear a mask like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen.
0: When it comes to wearing a mask, he says he just doesn't want to do it.
1: Oh, I just don't want
2: to wear one myself. It's a recommendation, they recommend it.
0: News that the world's most powerful man was infected with COVID-19 drew instant reactions of shock, sympathy and undisguised glee. Several world leaders wishing the president and first lady a speedy recovery. This developing story is already impacting the president's campaign, a rally in Sanford, Florida that was to be held tonight had to be cancelled. According to the New York Times, the president is experiencing some minor symptoms. Some say he was lethargic at a fundraiser event in New Jersey Thursday night. Meanwhile, Vanity Fair is reporting that the president has a cough and fever. Meanwhile, on Wall Street, news of the first couple contracting the coronavirus sent stock market futures tumbling. Dow futures fell more than 400 points this morning. Nasdaq and S&P 500 futures also dropped around 2 percent. Stock futures first began falling on Thursday after top Trump aide Hope Hicks tested positive for the virus. And now let's go to Edwin Pipi from Washington, D.C., with more late-breaking developments. Edwin, what do you have for us?
3: Yeah, that's right. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows confirmed this morning the president is in good spirits. They had a fun conversation in which the president was lively and engaged. But Meadows was pressed on the timing of when the White House learned that Hope Hicks tested positive and considered that people knew of her diagnosis before getting on board with the president and staff to a New Jersey fundraiser last night, raising questions on why the trip proceeded. This is what Meadows had to say. I'm not going to get into the TikTok. I can tell you in terms of hope. Hope Hicks. Uh, we uh, discovered that uh, right as. Uh uh, the uh, Marine One was taking off yesterday. We actually pull, pulled some of the people that had been traveling and in close contact. The reason why it was reported out, and just frankly, is that we had already started the contact tracing just prior to that uh, event. Uh, as you know, last night, uh, even in in the early hours of this morning, uh, the minute we got a confirmatory test on the president, uh, we felt like it was important to get the news out there at the- The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, reacted, saying that she continues to pray for the President and First Lady and that she got tested out of precaution. She's still waiting for results. Take a listen. And hopefully uh, this will be a message to the rest of the country, though, that you have to wear your mask, you have to be tested, you have uh, to—we have to have the funding for testing, tracing, treatment. We have to have people wearing masks, engaged in sanitation and social distancing. That is not what what the White House was engaged in. Now, hopefully, they will send a different message to the country. Now Democratic presidential candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden tweeted that he's praying for a speedy recovery for the president and that, fortunately, his results came back negative. Other who tested negative and that are constantly close to the president were Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. Meanwhile, in the Senate, things are still moving forward with the plans of holding a hearing for Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who also tested negative. The, that wasn't the case for Senator Mike Lee of Utah, who met with Barrett on Tuesday and did test positive. The re-election campaign of President Donald Trump also announcing that events may be canceled, but their office will remain open. Now, Hope Hicks wasn't the only one who tested positive and was close to the president. Donna McDaniel, who is the chairwoman Sher- of the RNC, Tested said positive on Wednesday, and she was with President Trump last Friday. Live in Washington, D.C., Andrea, back to you.
0: Thank you so much, Edwin, for those updates. And joining us now is Dr. Adrian Burrows. He's a family medicine physician. Thanks so much for joining us today, doctor. So here's the big question. How at risk is the president? He's 74 years old, and according to the latest health report, he weighs approximately 244 pounds.
4: Yes. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, the president lands and will be considered a high risk group, largely because of his age. You know, I take care of geriatric patients and he would qualify as that. So that group, when they're infected with COVID, tends to have fairly significant um, courses. And so we'll just have to follow him and hope that he um, you know, has a, has a good recovery.
0: So right now we know he has a mild symptoms, some saying that he has a cough and a fever how long should the president remain isolated? And I have heard from several doctors that sometimes in the beginning, the symptoms are mild. People think they're doing better. And after a couple of days, that's when they worsen.
4: Sure, and so that's highly accurate. So what we've seen a lot with people with COVID-19 is that they'll start with fairly mild symptoms, you know, mild fever, loss of taste, loss of smell, uh, perhaps a cough and they'll feel like they're doing okay. Then on about day five or so, five to seven, you start to see the significant decline with some significant respiratory symptoms. And so that's what we worry about when we have someone you know, at, with, with this, with this uh, condition. Um, and so, so, you know, for, in terms of his quarantine, you know, for, provided that he doesn't progress and continues to get better, we're talking, you know, the CDC says 10 days. Um, the average person will say two weeks. So I would recommend, you know, two weeks of isolation.
0: And then two negative tests, correct? Correct. Now, the president announced his positive diagnosis early this morning at approximately 1 a.m. What does that tell you about when he might have been infected? Some say he could have been even infected on debate night on Tuesday.
4: So given the fact that he had a positive test, it's it's highly likely that he was um, uh, infected at that time. You know, the average person takes about five days before they actually test positive. So if you if you had to hazard a guess, you'd probably say that he was infected prior to that.
0: Now, let's go ahead and also talk about the importance of wearing masks. Are they meant to prevent people from spreading the virus or to protect people from actually catching the virus?
4: So it's a little bit of both. So when you put your mask on, you're actually protecting your neighbor and the people around you from from contacting the virus from you. And again, you know, the 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 administration has has been um, not as diligent as they needed to be in terms of pro- promoting mask wearing. You know, anyone who watched the debate watched the president mock um, uh, uh, Vice President Biden for wearing a mask all the time. The, like, I, like I've said many times, people wearing the masks are the good guys. This is a, it's not going to stop you necessarily from catching the virus, but it lowers your risk. And that's what we're trying to do, lower your risk of, of acquiring the virus or transmitting the virus to somebody else.
0: And I also believe that the president's positive diagnosis will send a message of a uh, wake up to the rest of the country to realize how important it is to wear your mask. Thanks so much for your time, Dr. Adrian Burrows, family physician in Florida.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Meanwhile, more than half the states in this country are seeing COVID-19 numbers move in the wrong direction. The country is surpassing now 207,000 deaths. Lorraine Caceres has a look at the pandemic and where we stand.
5: Deaths mounting and cases growing, more than half of the country seeing COVID-19 numbers moving in the wrong direction. In New York, authorities working to maintain the infection rate low, battling hotspots in at least 20 zip codes.
1: There are
3: increases uh, primarily in Brooklyn. A cluster today can become community spread tomorrow.
5: Nebraska reporting its highest number of cases since May. Missouri hitting a record day of COVID-related hospitalizations again. And Wisconsin now reporting record high COVID deaths.
1: This is a grave, stark reminder for all of us in our state that COVID-19 isn't over.
5: Experts warning facing the flu season in the middle of a pandemic could be catastrophic.
4: The flu season uh, is a bit like um, almost like the hurricane season. Having two respiratory viruses hit us at the same time, like two hurricanes hitting us at the same time, is a big deal.
5: This as the head of Pfizer, one of the companies developing a vaccine, writing in an internal memo that he can't predict when or if a vaccine will be approved. This after Moderna reported their vaccine, if approved, wouldn't be available until next spring. Meanwhile, in Washington, as the economy struggles, the House passing a $2.2 trillion relief bill without reaching a bipartisan agreement.
3: Legislation that was not negotiated, will be dead on arrival in the Senate.
1: If the Senate doesn't like it, have them pass a bill.
5: 18 Democrats voted against the bill, and it's not clear yet if Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will be willing to put it on the Senate floor. Andrea, back to you.
0: Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. And the final monthly jobs report before Election Day is now in. America's employers added 661,000 jobs in September, and that's the third straight month of slower hiring and evidence that the economic recovery has weakened. With September's hiring gain, the economy has recovered only slightly more than half of the 22 million jobs that were wiped out by the coronavirus pandemic. More of you news after this short break. Welcome back to U News. And we're back with much more with warnings of a potential twindemic of flu and COVID-19. Health experts say it's more important now than ever to get a flu shot. And the sooner, the better. Joining us now is Dr. Joseph Mosquera. He's an integrative medical practitioner. Thanks so much for joining us today, Doctor. A pleasure. Getting a flu shot early this year is very important, according to many health experts. Why exactly is that?
1: Indeed, because of the strong risk this year of a twinemic, If you get the flu and, and the uh, COVID-19 virus at the same time, the potential of a double risk of mortality is there. So getting the flu shot at least eliminates and protects you from the, uh, the flu this year.
0: So you just mentioned the possibility of being able to have the flu and COVID-19 at the same time. How does that work? I mean, do the symptoms just get even stronger? What type of symptoms would you be having?
1: Well, that's an important issue. The symptoms of both are the same symptoms. They're flu-like symptoms, they're body aches, they're fever, respiratory issues. Uh, So they're indistinguishable unless you test for them, which people should get tested for them immediately if they do get symptoms. Uh, but getting uh, the flu and the coronavirus at the same time is a possibility going into this uh, autumn-winter season, uh, especially as we see around the country these uh, small clusters that could become community spread cases and a real problem in, into the winter. So, as you're mentioning, early is really important to get it this year, and it will at least—it's the only way to protect you against the flu that we know.
0: Which populations are most at risk for the flu? We know that many times actually children are quite vulnerable.
1: They are. Um, The flu population, and the coronavirus population, the transmission uh, is the same to all populations. However, the groups at risk uh, for the flu differ a little bit from uh, coronavirus. Coronavirus Affects mostly elderly people in a ser- with serious symptoms. It affects pregnant women as a group that is not well uh, published, but also another risk group, and all people who have comorbidities or immune compromised. The flu seems to attack all people across the board in similar fashions, albeit with lesser symptoms and lesser mortality and consequences. But. Uh, really, after six months of age and on, everyone should get vaccinated for, for the flu, especially this year. There are plenty of flu vaccines out there. There's nearly 200 million doses. And I know certain groups have always been reserved to get the flu shot, but certainly this year they should and must consider it.
0: You talk about how many flu vaccines are out there. How can people receive the free or low-cost flu shots? I know my husband and I already took advantage of this. I'll let you answer that question.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah, depending on the many communities are offering through their public service agencies free flu vaccines. Uh, Some retail pharmacies run special on them. If people go on CDC.gov, the CDC site, there's a locator there where vaccines are available in your area and some at lower or no cost. Uh, You can also go on rxsaver.com, which is a site where you can get discounts and coupons on drugs should you need To take medications for the flu or coronavirus, you can save up to 85% on your prescriptions. So these are a couple of sites that I I think are important go-to sites if you're looking to save money.
0: Very useful information in a nutshell for our viewers. Go get your flu shot. Thanks so much for your time, Dr. Mosqueda, physician in Newark, New Jersey. Take care.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: In other news, Amazon has revealed that nearly 20,000 of its frontline employees at both Amazon and Whole Foods have tested positive or been presumed positive for the coronavirus. The e-commerce giant says it analyzed data on its 1.3 million employees from March 1st to September 19th. Amazon also compared its case rates to the general public. Amazon says it has taken steps to prevent the spread of the virus among its workers. And as the coronavirus continues crippling certain sectors of our economy, mass layoffs likely underway for the country's largest air carriers. Pedro Rojas takes a closer look at how many will be impacted.
2: Nearly 40,000 American Airlines and United Airlines employees are being laid off and furloughed after the CARES Act funds that protected the airline's labor force and their payrolls expire on September 30th. Travelers fear that as a result of this development, the quality of airline services could diminish dramatically. The pandemic has really affected us and with this news, it will affect us more, Ramon Reina says. Former United Fly attendant Annette Hella is really emotional after losing her job.
4: Um, I have
0: my dream job and so I have been asking myself like what do you do when you lose your dream job? Where do you go
1: from there? Um, I don't have any answers right now.
2: United Airlines said in a statement, we have made clear to leadership in the administration, Congress, and among our union partners that we can and will reverse the forlop process if the CARES Act payroll support program is extended in the next few days, so, American Airlines um, CEO Doug so Parker more, says. I'm
1: uh, really encouraged by the fact that it sounds like they're making real progress. That is absolutely the right path um, for, for airlines and I think actually for our country. Come up with
2: According to Pete Garcia, an airline industry expert, even though all the CEOs agree on requesting more money from the government, each one has a different plan to deal with the crisis, and the industry's horizon is very uncertain.
4: It's a very bleak future, and what makes it so bleak is... We don't know what to expect. The airlines don't know when passengers are going to come back.
2: The mass layoffs is not only going to affect the airline employees, but could also affect the public because the airlines are planning on cutting many flights to multiple destinations. Those changes could also impact hotels and other areas of the service industry, triggering thousands of more layoffs. We can only imagine how many people will be unemployed, and that will affect us all, Cristina Mercado says. For now, the airline CEOs are hopeful that they will be able to reverse their plans to reduce their labor force. In McAllen, Texas, Pedro Rojas, U News.
0: Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review, and join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.